Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 245 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. I can't think of a better person or better conversation to kick off 2024 with than with Alexi from Unperfect Podcast. Alexi and I chat about how to define your relationship with alcohol, hint, stay out of the comparison zone, does moderation work and is it for you, and how do you know when enough is enough? When is it time to change your relationship with alcohol once and for all? This is such a fantastic episode, so let's get into it. Hi, Alexi, how are you? Happy New Year. New Year. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready to really take on 2024. I think I'm like, I'm ready. Are you? Yeah, I really am. I started 75 hard yesterday. So (sighs) we'll see how that goes. But I cut out out alcohol last year. And that was when I tried 75 hard a few years ago. That was the hardest part was being like, I want to drink. But then now I'm like, yeah. It's the two workouts a day that's hard for me now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about your podcast, your unperfect podcast, but before we get to that, I want to hear about your BS self, your before sobriety Alexi. Give us the deets, give us the scoop. Um, well, I called her Stefani, the one who was drunk. Because I, I don't Love care it. what people say when you drink alcohol, especially when you get to that point where you're like fucked up you Mm -hmm. have you're a different person like your your rationale is lower scientifically you're Mm -hmm. you don't you lose that control that you would have if you were sober so i would always name my drunk alter ego stefani and it was just funny you know like in my friend group in my culture where i live like everybody gets drunk and it's just fun and it's more of a societal thing Mm -hmm. so if we want to go back to the very beginning, yeah, I started drinking and smoking pot when I was 12 years old, like a child. Yeah. And 
that, that was in 2008. So at that time, my dad had had a stroke economically in the United States. Shit hit the fan. Yep. We were about to lose our house. I had problems at home with family and it just, mm. it, it was just really hard. And my dad growing up, he was an alcoholic. So instead of going the route my sister took where she was like, that will not be me. I will never drink alcohol. I will not touch it. I was yeah. like, well, this is how we cope. Cool. So right. I would have my mom drop me off at the movies and I would have some random guy who was friend I was friends with at the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'd have him go do a beer run and then I would have two hours to drink as much as I could. <laughs> and my mom, luckily, not luckily at that time in my life, she yeah. had some sinus issues, so she couldn't smell. So she'd pick me up and evidently she didn't know that I was drunk and or high. So throughout my middle school years, I called them my dark days for quite a while because I don't know. Just thinking about me being a 12, 13, 14 year old and drinking and smoking and like being a child, my nieces are 12 now. And I'm like, you're oh. literally a baby. Like I look at them and I'm like, how could, how could like these things, how, how could you be experimenting at this age? Right. But I look at yes. that and I'm like, oh, I locked it away in this. I told my therapist, it was like a, a chest mm-hmm. for years. Cause I didn't want to think about it. It was like, it's, that's so dark. The fact that I was like, I started that young, but then I went into high school and I started dating my high school boyfriend, my freshman year of high school. And I credit him because he completely like turned my life around in in a certain Mm. regard where it was like, I, I wanted to be better for him. I wanted to change at that time. He was like, the star player on the baseball team. And I was just like this little freshman that comes in. And so people were like, who the fuck is this chick? But I like really wanted to make a different name for myself. I wanted to be better. So I like joined the cheer team and I, I, um, started getting good grades, did running start. Like I really turned my life around. Okay. And I did drink, but it was more socially. It was like, mm. I-, I stopped smoking pot because he was like, absolutely no pot. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's weird. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I would just drink at like football events, house parties, you know, like you do in high school. Yeah. And then after him and I broke up, I graduated high school. I met my now husband or I met him before, but we, I started dating my now husband. Okay. And the friend group that we hang out with, a lot of it was revolving around wine tasting and mm-hmm drinking and going to bars, bar hopping. And that's fine. Like it served me as a purpose. So I I would really, I was such a social drinker. So that's why I don't like to consider myself an alcoholic or put that label because I wouldn't like be at home and take shots by myself. I would never do anything by myself. It was more like in a group of people, that's Mm -hmm. what I would be doing. I would be drinking. Okay. So it got to the point where it wasn't like I ever had a DUI or I ever like hurt somebody, but the decisions that I started making when I was drinking, I was mm-hmm. like, this is not who I want to be. Mm. I, I yep. just started feeling like I was not in alignment with who I wanted to be like that. If I were to visualize my future self, that girl doesn't drink. She is like up doing yoga and like sitting outside listening to the birds and like 
has early mornings and has a really amazing bedtime routine and goes to bed early. And every time I would drink, I just felt like more and more of this spiritual pull, I guess, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, to stop. And so I had a post where I talked about the things I've learned since I quit drinking about alcohol. Mm -hmm. I had that go viral. And a lot of people were like, oh, you're an alcoholic because I said that it took me two years to stop. And it's not like I was doing it every single day. It was, it took me two years to get out of that mindset of this is the only way that I'm going to have fun. Sober is boring. I'm going to lose all my friends if I don't drink. Because to remind you guys, like all I did when I was drinking was I like caught up with my friends. Like that's what we would do in the friend group. So it's scary. It took me two years of just thinking about it and, and cutting back slowly. Like I did. I cut back so much more slowly mm-hmm. over the last two years where I actually started smoking pot more and having okay. marijuana. And instead, I would like have a little marijuana and then I would have maybe two drinks and I'd be like, you know what? This is this is fine. Instead of being like, I'm going to take shots. I'm going to drink a, a ton because I started feeling like shit, like mentally, spiritually, physically and emotionally. Alcohol just stopped serving me. But it took me two years to completely cut it out because at that point, I'm like, I hear this narrative that sober is boring. I've seen people lose friends. Yep. And I didn't want to lose friends. I didn't want to lose my connections. And I had to switch my mindset and be like, the real people who love me for me, me cutting alcohol is going to be a non-issue. And thank God, thank God that... I had that mindset shift because my friends have been nothing short of amazing. Like even the friends that I would go out with and drink mostly with, mm-hmm. they're they're texting me now and be like, "Hey, do you want to go thrifting or do you want to, you know, go do something else that doesn't revolve around drinking? Like, do you want to go out to lunch?" And I don't care yeah. if they drink at all, but it just no longer served me. Yeah. And I talk about what led up to the moment of where I was like, okay, I am done. Like my, my last straw on my podcast, the episode called I quit drinking on unperfect with Alexi. Okay. And to give you like a short synopsis, I was on an all expenses paid brand trip, five stars luxury. Okay. And spent pretty much the whole trip at the bar under the name of networking which we did. It was great. Oh girl, we can rationalize (laughs) and justify our drinking until the cows come home. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) And then me and my friend who was on the trip with me, we Mm -hmm. get to the airport and we're drinking at the airport. We end up missing our flight. So then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) And so we end up having to go catch another flight the next morning, but we sail all night at the bars and we're like, oh, we're just going to pull an all-nighter and sleep on the plane. Well, that didn't work for me because I had quit drinking by like 2 a.m., and we had to get on the shuttle by 4 a.m. to get to the airport. And so I went back to the hotel room at 3-something, took a 30-minute nap before the shuttle, and by the time I got to the airport, I was mildly hungover slash still drunk. And I started puking in first class on this all expenses paid brand trip. And I was like, you know what? I have seen what I needed to see. This is embarrassing for me. Like, I know there's so many creators out there who are young and they're 
you know, they like do shit like this on brand trips and, you know, alcohol is a big part of their brand. But for me and where I know that I want to go in my life, that was Mm -hmm. not at all aligned with who I want to be. Like, I just felt like it was embarrassing. It was like lacking control. I just was like, you know what? I I'm, I'm done. Like I've seen what I needed to see. Yeah. I've only started making worse decisions with alcohol. So I'm done. And it was the excuse that I needed in my mind to be like, I'm, I'm pulling the plug. Like I, I, I just, it it doesn't serve me any longer. So it was interesting because after that trip, I did a whole debrief with my friend who was on the trip on my podcast. That episode's called idiot, idiot, take (laughs) Palm beach, Florida. And that I oh you went that to episode, Florida too. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> okay, episode, this is all making sense. <laughs> during that that episode, I had one seltzer, and because yeah. I was like, okay, fine, I'll I'll have one and just see. But the whole time I had it, like I yeah. finished half of it, and I was like, you know what, this is. I just couldn't. I was like spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Like I just got to a point where I was like, I'm done. I've been thinking about it and I've been embarrassing myself. And I, it's just not in line with who I want to be. So yeah, yeah, it took me two years to quit because of the societal aspect. And I needed to get strong enough in my own to be like, I'm okay with standing alone on this Island because a lot of the people that I hang out with or in my circle, in my community, and in the world and society, most people drink and that's what they do to have fun. And yep. I just was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. And I do not regret that at all. Like even on, it, it is hard sometimes. Like we had a Christmas party where mm-hmm. a lot of it is centered around like little airplane shooters and one of this game we play. Okay. And I missed the moment of when you would like cheers the shot glass and then you would take it with your friends. But then being sober, now I think about the consequences of that. Yeah. That moment would be so fun to have with a friend. But then after I have that one, then I'm obviously going to want another one because I'm not just going to want to have one and then get tired immediately. You got to kind of keep going after that in my mind. And what's the point of just having one little fireball shot? Like, to get a whole bunch it's of like sugar. like having one that. Advil. Like who does that? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Pointless. It was just, there's just not a point. And then I know, okay, if I, if I have this one, then I'm probably going to have another one. And then that's going to lead to me feeling like shit tomorrow or being really tired for the rest of this party and feeling like shit because I did have drinks after I promised myself that I wouldn't. So it's, it's been a lot of like real, like thinking things through more when in the past I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just have one spicy Marg, which I do miss the flavor of those, you know, but it's just not worth it. Oh girl, I got a good non-alcoholic alternative to a spicy Marg. What? What? Tell me. Oh, I need. Um, okay. The spicy Rita from, I'm totally butchering that name, but it's, I think it's a spicy Pinarita from Parch. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions. 
the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Is that oh my gosh. like you something I can buy it. online? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Parch <laughs> is the brand and then it's called a spicy piñerita. It okay. is so good. And it has like that smokiness and that like flavor. Mm. Oof, shout out to Parch. Like so good. I'm going to, I'm going to need so that. So good. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah. delicious. That, I mean, <laughs> I miss like, I miss having, like, I think the cocktails and like having the spicy marg or the espresso martini, like it's about the yeah. experience, right? Sure. But what I didn't think before, like my before sober self, Stefani, she was just thinking yeah. about like, you know, what's the highest IPA I could get? <laughs> what's, right. you know, what's the, yeah, I'm going to have this $16 drink and then, you know, have another one. Like I've saved so much time, so much money, and yeah. I feel so much better physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, not drinking. I was just, yeah. it, drinking really makes you lose control of yourself, regardless of what people say. Like, yeah, there's some people who can have one drink and be yeah. done, but that wasn't me. I was like, what? There's no point in just having one drink because now I'm just going to be tired. Like if I'm going to drink, I'm going to have like three or four. Yeah. You're drinking and, for a mission on a mission. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I don't like the taste of alcohol. Let's be real. No. I mean, like it, it's not great. Even I've had like a couple non-alcoholic beers since I quit and I'll drink half of them. And I'm like, eh, yeah. there's been one IPA that's non-alcoholic that I drank that I was like, okay, this was good, but I had yeah. one and that was it. And I still kind of felt tired after yeah. it. It's just that's not worth it. Like, I know, but that's also like a myth. Like people think that they're going to get, be triggered by non-alcoholic. Like I like to call them like, like very direct alternatives. So like the beers and non-alcoholic wines and stuff like that. And you don't necessarily get triggered. And this is just speaking in general terms. You don't really get triggered because you're not getting that like hit of dopamine you're not getting that like high off the alcohol so literally you will not be craving another one you'll just have like one and be like okay like that's it like that's yeah. all i kind of need i'm not and you're satiated seven dollars <laughs> yeah 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 totally but you know alexi to your point about the like sobriety associated with loss it is 
right? It is, it's the threat of, and especially the threat of connection. That is the hugest, that is the hugest threat to anyone. Think of mm-hmm. like prisoners. How do we, how do we, how do we punish people? We put them in solitary confinement away from everyone. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think the, the PR for, for sobriety, that's what, that's what, um, they need to like work against. Like sobriety is kind of chalked up to, you're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. People are going to like leave your life. You're going to be alone. And that's people's biggest fears of being alone. That was definitely mine, especially because of those things that I've heard echoed, like even in my friend group, like sober is boring. I don't even know what sober people do for fun. Like, yeah, I don't even know what you would do in your life. And so I would be there at the table being like, yeah, you know, sober is boring. Like I'm just trying to fit in. But meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I want to quit so bad. Like I just, I'm, you know, you're sick of the feeling. You're sick of the same old, same old. Like if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. And what is interesting is like when I quit, there really was this death to that version of myself mm-hmm. where it's like I I had to make the decision at that point to be like to quit de- delaying the inevitable. Because yeah. like I said, like I knew that future version of myself wasn't mm-hmm. in this cycle. Mm-hmm. So I was like. I got to pull the plug. I, I got to rip that bandaid off because what am I waiting for? Honestly, what am I waiting for? Yeah. If I, I should start now. Yeah. And I had, I had a good excuse, but also what people don't think about is your friends start to grieve that version of you too. The friend, yeah. I was the friend that would push shots and be like, let's take another one or just drink with me. Or why aren't you drinking? And I would yeah. ask people that a lot. Actually, I'd be, if someone wasn't drinking, I'm like, why? Because I was almost like, trying to see where I fit on the roster of, you know, if if someone else like had a problem, I'm like, oh, it's not just me. But see, interesting. Okay. It's so weird because I don't see it's hard because I don't like to classify myself as an alcoholic or that I had like some severe issue because I truly feel like what was hard for hardest for me about quitting yeah. was everything around me. The life that I had built with alcohol being, I mean, we kind of revolved our lives around alcohol. When we would go out with friends, it would be to bar hop. We got right. a babysitter for the night. Where are we going to get drinks? Sure. And I feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah. So I, it's hard because I feel like if I consider myself an alcoholic, then I, most people around me are alcoholics too. Cause it's so exactly. ingrained in our culture. It's so ingrained in our culture. And that's why it's hard to quit. It's not because I was like, oh, I'm I'm craving it. I'm itching for it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to be left out. I didn't, that fear of missing out. But eventually I just had to get to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's a very real fear. Like I said, like that connection, right? Like using alcohol Mm -hmm. to socialize, to connect with your husband, to connect with your friends. You know, the thing about alcohol is, it checks so many needs and wants. And that's why it's so powerful. It's, you know, we could sit here all day being like, it's bad for you. It's this, you know, rattling off statistics, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's emotional, right? Like the, the fact, like 
the fear of missing out, the fear of lost connections, the fear of, oh my gosh, my life is going to be so boring. I'm going to be isolated. Mm-hmm. Those are very real fears. Well, very and real. the fear of- doesn't make you an alcoholic I, though. Yeah. Well, and there's yeah. the, also that fear of if I quit, then people are going to think I had a problem with it. Sure. Like that, yeah. that's also something that went through my mind too. And I'm like, it, you're just kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And then if you get sober and yeah. talk about sobriety, then you're just another one of those wannabe sober influencers. It's just like, we all just need to live our damn lives. Yep. Y- you just kind of have to live your life and the way that yep. suits you best. And the reason why I started talking about my sobriety, cause I never ever felt like I wanted to, because I knew it, it the topic triggers people. It does. Yeah. But I, my whole core ethos, I don't know if that's the right word. My whole mission on social media in general has always been to share my experience because if it helps one person, it's worth it. And the amount of people that I had DM me in private being like, I've Mm. been struggling to quit or I've been wanting to quit. Like any tips, what finally worked for you? How did you stick to it? It just shows that this conversation is such a needed topic. Like there's so many people that are struggling in silence while society glorifies, you know, mommy needs a glass of wine. Mommy needs a shot. Let's go out with your friends and connect. The only way that you can enjoy a football game is if you have your can of beer with you. Like there it's so ingrained and pushed in our culture that if you are the one who decides to go down the sober route, it literally feels like you're on an Island. by yourself. And it's scary as fuck, but I've never shied away from talking about my experiences and my journey. And that's why I named my podcast unperfect because my Mm. life, my life story is the furthest thing from your perfect manicured life. Like my parents got divorced when I was young. I lived with my grandparents a lot when I was in elementary school because my mom worked nights. I was raised by a single mom. My dad was an alcoholic and ended up having two strokes. And you know, what's interesting is my dad drank for, uh, 20 years and he struggled with Mm -hmm. it. And I mean, to get into the context of that, like his brother got killed by a drunk driver when he was 15, his sister died. Like he's the youngest of five. Like it, it was just, he had really hard, he had a hard upbringing and he turned to alcohol yeah. And where was I going with that? <laughs> I really felt like I was on a tangent and then it just the train of thought derailed. <laughs> when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. 
Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. I mean, alcohol like touches everyone in everyone's lives in a different yeah. capacity. Yeah. It does. Oh, oh, my dad, he was so when he after he had his first stroke, then he yeah. quit and then he started being very vocal about being against it. He was the first person to ever say to me, Yeah, you know why alcohol is called a spirit? And I'm like, mm. why? Because it goes in you and makes you a different person. Yeah. I, you can have, that's why when you have one drink and you're like, ah, I let loose and I'll, you know, drunken words speak sober thoughts or, you know, mm -hmm. you say things that you regret and then you have to apologize to people and you, you know, some people become angry. Like my dad was an angry drunk. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it takes a part of you, like that spirit goes in you and it, takes out your spirit or replaces your spirit of who you actually are as a sober person down to the core with rational motor skills, <laughs> cognitive yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah. And it takes that away. It takes so much. Yeah. I think, I mean, listen, we all have these parts inside of us, right? We all have the anger. We all have maybe the not so nice thoughts about people um, mm -hmm. that you know, we need to filter out and maybe shouldn't be brought to everyone's attention and should just be between you, yourself and I. But mm -hmm. alcohol doesn't have that filter. Alcohol is like, you know what? Everyone, all these parts, they're coming out right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> However, yeah. they're going to, it's like the wild, wild west. Let's roll. Literally. Yeah. And you okay. never know what you're going to get. Like when I was drinking, I would either be like in the fetal position, crying myself, like to sleep mm -hmm. in the middle of a bar, cute, or I would be like a WWF fighter and literally like spiking people with chairs. Yes. Oh and my nothing gosh. in between, and like nothing and everything in between. You know what I mean? It was like mm -hmm. just drinking roulette. It's like you hit a threshold with your drinks. Like, yeah. Like some people say, like, oh, I drink in moderation. I can have one every once in a while, and that's great. But there's some yeah. people who one isn't worth it. So when I do drink, I'm going out to get a buzz. And then yeah. it's so by the time you're buzzed, it's hard to put that wall up and be like, I'm done. Because yeah. then the spirit's in, and it's like, let's just have another one. What's another one? And then you get to the point where you're throwing chairs, throwing hands, crying. Yep. It's, it's like you, you do at a certain point, lose control of yep. yourself to a certain extent. Like that's why people, that's why people are still getting killed by drunk drivers because yes. they are not, they're so out of control with themselves that they think that they are okay to get in a car and drive and then end up killing someone. Oh my God. And that's why like, if you ever look at your travel insurance policies, they are void if you have alcohol in your system. Really? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I didn't know that. Good. Yes. Good. Yeah, because it's like, you, like to your, to to what you're saying. Yes, 
you are out of control. There is nothing but risk involved when you're drinking. Yeah. There isn't. Have you, did you try the moderation route? Like how did that come about for you? Yeah. So, um, a few years ago when I was like, okay, I really want to like just cut back. I told myself I will have one drink or I will have three drinks max for the night. Okay. But let's be real. By the time you get to three drinks, what's four? What's five? Right. What's six? I could easily like seltzer wise, I could easily have four, five, six seltzers. And that's low percentage. I would just start feeling like gross and bubbly and whatnot. But it was just, it's hard. Again, when you get to that certain threshold, when you're buzzed, Mm -hmm. your ability to make rational decisions, it kind of is void when you get to a certain extent. Cause it's like, I don't know. Like I would, I would tell myself, I'm going to go out and just have one. And then you get there and you're okay. like, okay, I'll just, I'll have to. And then yeah. you're feeling a little buzz and, or you start getting tired and it's like, you either drink or you go home and go to bed. And so yeah. if I want to keep up for the night, let's just get a, a vodka Red Bull or something. Let's get something that'll like keep me up. Right. So the moderation route I mean, realistically now, if I wanted to, I could probably have one glass of wine and be like, okay, I'm done. But yeah. I just, I, I'm honestly at the point when it comes to like the scientific level of alcohol where I've, I know too much now where I'm like, what is the point in having one glass of wine? What's yeah, the point in exactly. having one drink? I'm going to drink it and then I'm going to feel tired. And then the effects that it has on my body, even one drink, like the research, yeah. I listened to the Huberman Labs podcast about what alcohol does to your brain, body, and um, something else. What, what alcohol does to your brain and body. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is the point in having one drink? Like the fact that yeah. one drink of alcohol, one shot, one beer, one cocktail increases your risk of cancer by four to 13%. I'm like, what, what literally is the point in me drinking anymore? And maybe that's what I had to do to get to this point where I'm like, I don't even crave it. I don't even want it. It was in front of me on new year's. And I was like, ew, Mm -hmm. it, it just, it's just not worth it anymore. Like just even having one, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like you, I just, I don't see the appeal. I, actually feel like I would be so disappointed in myself. Same. Like, I just don't, I don't need it. So it would feel like excessive. Like it would just be like, it's unnecessary in my life at this point. Cause you've proved to yourself that you can have a social life fun. You can do all of the things that we told ourselves we couldn't do unless we had alcohol, but you proved to yourself that you can and life Mm -hmm is so much more full sober. Like, yes, the, like you see the world in so much color as cheesy as that sounds like the yeah. ability to make rational decisions, the ability to be, to feel in complete control of my life. One mm-hmm. thing that I was always scared about was like, what's going to bubble up when I quit drinking? Like oh. I, I, I never like, I never okay. felt as though I was drinking to like, numb anything all the time. Like there are certain instances where I'm like, oh, I need a drink. You know, I'm stressed. Sure. Yeah. But I think when I quit drinking, I was finally ready to 
look at myself with curiosity rather than like shame of my past. And which is why I've started talking about my dark days, my middle school days when I started. And it's just so interesting to see what kind of thoughts come up, what kind of memories pop into my mind, what people pop into my mind. Like, wow, it's, it's been just such a beautiful experience to get to know myself on a deeper level because alcohol really does take that away in a certain regard. Like you're just so preoccupied when you're drunk. Right. And it also keeps it like on a very superficial level. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never had like deep, meaningful connections that I remember (laughs) when I've been wasted. Well, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I've had, I feel like I've had friends like open up to me about things that they, when, you know, when they have a little liquid courage, I feel like we've like been able to bond over like drunk conversations, but you don't need alcohol to do that. Like, like there is nothing more vulnerable than sharing the deepest, darkest parts of your heart and your struggles to somebody that you love. And you don't Mm -hmm. need alcohol to do that. I know it's like glorified as liquid courage. Yeah. But if we can all come to society understanding how to feel our emotions and how Mm -hmm. to express them and how to connect with other people without the substances, life will be so much better for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I agreed. I think maybe the reason why people drink because it is hard and because it's because of them, right? Like they still have maybe like shame or embarrassment and, you know, having a drink or having that liquid courage makes it a little bit easier, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe I won't remember all of this. Maybe it'll, you know, take that sting away, which I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people do. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, mean we're all been... just scared. We're all scared. Yeah. We, we are all. Let's Nobody just... knows what they're doing in life. No, not at all. We're all just we are all just yeah. hypocrites trying to survive at the end 100%. of the day. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> like the motto in life that I've I've coined where I'm like, you know what? Nobody knows what they're doing. Yep. Nobody has a handbook. Everybody is doing the best they can with the knowledge and resources that they have at the time. And I'm not, I, I just want to make it clear, like If you drink, I do not shame you for drinking. I don't care if you drink because at the end of the day, you get to make the decisions in your life just as I do. And we all are the only people that are responsible for ourselves and our decisions and the consequences that come with our decisions, whether that be drinking, not drinking, smoking, not smoking, eating like shit, not eating like shit. Like every there's poisons all around us. Alcohol is just one of them and it's a glorified poison. Yeah. But if you are still drinking, I, there's no shame and no judgment because we are all in our own individual journeys. Like nobody can tell you what you can and can't do in your life. It's all up to you and what you want to do and what that future version of you looks like. Yes. Yeah. We're definitely not here to convert anyone, but this is just a different type of conversation, right? Like a different part of the coin, different side of the coin. Planting seeds. Hey, well, we're we just are. planting, the, we're <laughs> planting the seeds and you get to choose if you want to water them or not. Love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is perfect. I love that. Yeah. So Alexi, what, where can people find you on the World Wide web? 
Oh, anywhere at Alexi McKinley, A-L-E-X-I-M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y. Ooh, that almost rhymed. Um, yeah. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I have an email list that's at what, the link in whatever bio, but then also the place where I hang out the most and where you can really yeah. get to know me the most, that is on my podcast, which is called Unperfect with Alexi. That's on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Amazing. Alexi, one more question for you. For anyone yes. listening, especially because it is dry January, for anyone listening who's maybe thinking of changing their relationship with alcohol or going through it right now, what piece of advice can you offer? Oh, I love this question because I just went through this recently. So first things first, write down a list. Just get a blank sheet of paper and write down every single thing that makes yeah. you feel good about yourself. Like what things do you do that makes you feel good, whether that be sticking to a routine, brushing your teeth, walking outside, like whatever mm -hmm. it looks like to you, write that down. And then because it is dry January, if you are someone who is participating in that, you need to come prepared and be ready when somebody tries to push or mm -hmm. you could fall into an easy trigger. Mm -hmm. So that could be setting up a new night routine, drinking tart cherry juice and magnesium or spraying magnesium on your feet or taking a bath or doing a skincare routine. Or, you know, if you are going to go to the bar with your friends, have a kombucha, figure out a specialty cocktail that's non-alcoholic that you can have instead of that. Like you need to go into these situations prepared because most people fail, at least me, yeah. when you go in unprepared, when you're reacting rather than responding to the situation. Yes. Kombucha is a great alternative. And I know some people are like, it has some alcohol in it, but yeah. it's one of those things that you can drink a little bit slower. Yes. Or even yeah, just you're get not a tonic. It. Yes. Just get a tonic water with lemon and lime. And it's just like, yeah. you still get that like, ugh, that this bite. is not, <laughs> yeah, you get that bite, Yeah, but it's just going in and being prepared and knowing what makes you feel good. And that mm -hmm. way you can create new habits and new routines. Cause at the end of it all, not everybody's an alcoholic or has a severe problem and needs to go to AA or rehab. Some people just are in the habit of drinking yes. and being social in that way. But there's other ways that you can be social and be around your friends who are still drinking mm -hmm. without having to cut everything and everybody out. Just be prepared. Love that. Yes. A little bit of structure goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alexi, thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom and experience with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's so fun. How great is Alexi? I love her point of view and I love her energy about changing her relationship with alcohol. If you're looking to change your relationship with alcohol in 2024 with accountability, structure, and exercises, a Sober Girls Guide group coaching will teach you the healthy habits and coping skills needed to change your relationship with alcohol once and for all. Space is limited, so visit asobergirlsguide.com now. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We'd love to hear your comments. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. From tips and tricks to a sober girl social club to our group coaching program, we got your back. 
head to a sobergirlsguide.com now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.